I want you to be turning your Bibles to Genesis chapter 34. Genesis chapter 34, I'm going to be reading uh, verses 25, and then I'm going to go into chapter 35 and read through verse 5. So Genesis chapter 34, beginning in verse 25, then I'll be going uh, through chapter 35 and verse 5. If you would, if you found, when you find your place through Aileen and Abel to stand in, God, in honor of God's Word, I would appreciate that. And I pray that you would pray for us tonight. It may be, uh, I don't want to get anything off key, don't get anything gone, but I want to preach what God's put on my heart. He's given it to about two months ago. He put this on my heart, and I tried to get out of it, and then I didn't get out of it, and then I tried to get mixed up with it today. But I know now that God wants me to be that because of two things that happened. God put fleeces out, and He showed me what I needed to do. Genesis chapter 34, beginning in verse 25. The Word of God says, And it came to pass on the third day, when they were sore, that two of the sons of Jacob, Simon and Levi, dined as brethren, took each man his sword, and came upon the city boldly, and slew all the males. And they slew Hamor and Shechem his son with the edge of the sword, and took Dinah out of Shechem's house, and went out. The sons of Jacob came upon the slain and spoiled the city because they had defiled their sister. They took their sheep and their oxen and their asses and that which was in the city and that which was in the field and all their wealth and all their little ones and their wives took they captive and spoiled even all that was in the house. And Jacob said to Simon and Levi, You have troubled me to make me distinct among the inhabitants of the land, among the Canaanites and the Perizzites and I being few in number, they shall gather themselves together against me and slay me. And I shall be destroyed, I and my house. And they said, should he deal with our sisters with a harlot? Look at chapter 35. And God said unto Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel and dwell there, and make there an altar unto God that appeared unto thee when thou fleddest from the face of Esau thy brother. Then Jacob said unto his household and to all that were with him, Put away the strange gods that are among you, and be clean, and change your garments, and let us arise and go up to Bethel, and I will make there an altar unto God who answered me in the day of my distress, and was with me in the way which I went. And they gave unto Jacob all the strange gods which were in their hand, and all their earrings which were in their ears, and Jacob hid them under the oak which was by Shechem. And they journeyed, and the terror of God was upon the cities that were round about them. And they did not pursue after the sons of Jacob. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you tonight. Father, thanking you, Lord, for what you're doing, Lord, underneath this tent. Father, I thank you for every song that's been sung. I thank you for every word that's been preached. I thank you for the fellowship. I thank you for the Holy Ghost, Lord, that's moving in this tent. Father, you know my heart tonight. I don't want to do anything, Lord, that would get out. Any way about, Lord, would get out what you want to do, Father. But God, I want to do everything that you'd have me to do. Lord, I thank you that your word, Father, it's in error and it's infallible. Father, it'll stand. And Father, I pray tonight, God, tonight, Lord, that I would say and preach and do everything that you'd have me to do and say everything you'd have me to say, but I wouldn't say anything more. Father, I pray that the Holy Ghost would bear witness in this place tonight. And Father, that he would speak. To each one, Lord, that needs to be spoken to. And Father, we'd realize, God, that we're fighting a real devil. We're living in a real world. But Father, we're going to a better place. And Father, we thank you for that. Lord, go with us and help us. In Jesus' precious name I pray. 
Amen. You may be seated. If you remember Genesis chapter 32, Jacob's wrestled and he's prevailed and now he's named, he's been named Israel. God has changed his name and now God says that his name is Israel. And then we go to Genesis chapter 33 and Jacob has, uh, has had to confront Esau. He's made it through that and everything's going good. It's been peaceful and God's blessing Jacob. He's built an altar there. All's going in the right direction. And then in chapter 34, one of the most shameful chapters in the life of Jacob takes place. When everything is going good and things are going in the right direction, we never know when the, uh, when the devil, we never know when this world's going to, uh, going to rear its head. As I was praying, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, show me what I could preach that would help preachers in this place tonight. What can I do to help churches in this place tonight? What would you have me to do? What would you do? What would you have me to do for all these little ones that I've seen and they've come up and, and they're talking? What would be the best thing that could happen for them? What could be the best thing that happened in our community? What would change our churches? What would, what, would, what would get us to where God would take what's happening here and put it in our churches and go out in our community and go on to change not only our community, but the country that we live in? What would me? Listen, God didn't cause us to uproar anything political. God told us to be the children of God and become what God would have us to do and that God would make us be salt and light and do exactly. And if we, as God's people would do what God would have us to do, that it would change things. Before we ever have revivals in our churches, if we want to have revivals in our churches, we will first of all have revival in our homes. In our homes. If revival takes place in our homes, it'll spill over and revival will take place in our churches. If revival takes place in daddies and revival replaces in mamas and revival takes place in young women and young men and God's people get on fire, they'll bring the Holy Ghost will come with them, the revival will come with them and when they get to God's house, we won't have to do nothing but walk in and God will bless what God's doing in the home. God will bless in His house. I was thinking about this. This situation right here. Dinah, the daughters wandered off. The Word of God says she's wandered off and she's wandered into Shechem. She's wandered off and while she's in Shechem, uh, she's defiled, she's been raped, and he comes back. And then they find out, Simeon and Levi find out, and they say, say and, and this prince that's right there says, I want her to be my wife. And they say, well, if, if all the males will be circumcised, then, then you can have her. This ain't making y'all uncomfortable, is it? <laughs> so, they go. And Simon and Levi go 
and they slay all the men of Shechem. What we need, church, are family revivals. You say, where was Jacob at? <laughs> I mean, what was Jacob doing? Where was Leah? I guess I started thinking about if it had been modern day, I guess Jacob probably would have had remote control and Leah would have been doing this. And Diana goes, I'm going out. I'm heading to town tonight. I'm going to go to town tonight. And, and, and Jacob's like, well, go ahead and go. Go on over. And who are you going with? Oh, it don't matter, Daddy. It don't matter. It don't matter anything about that. And, and then Simeon and Levi, a little bit later, so all this happens. And then Jacob's still doing what he's doing. Simeon and Levi go out, and they got what? They got swords on their shoulder, and they're, they're going out. He ain't even noticing what's going on. Jacob don't even know what's going on in his own house. And his kids were probably... Listen, our kids today can run around with the wrong crowd and be in your house, in your home. And we don't even know it. And we don't even know it. What we need today, oh, I tell you what we need today in our churches, what we need in our homes, we know we need daddies to be daddies. We need mamas to be mamas. We need somebody that will fight for their kids, fight for the young people. Get in there and tell them, hey, we're going to go with you. We're not your best friend. We're mama. We're daddy. We're going to do what God wants us to do. And if you don't like it, we'll just have to go with what God wants us to do. We need men and women that will stand up for what God... Listen, we're living in a society today in a culture that they're taking... Listen, they're taking our little kids, trying to tell them it's alright to be transgendered, trying to tell them it's alright to be homosexual, trying to tell them to get them hooked on heroin, get them hooked on alcohol, and they're trying to do all this. Listen, we've got a fight. We are God's people. Here's the thing. Jacob was God's people. Were they not? Were they not the covenant people of God? And God told him, through you, through you, I'm going to send the lineage of my son to save the whole world. Well, Jacob comes in, dying as a crying. What's wrong with dying? He looks over at Simeon and Levi. They got blood all over them. What have you guys been doing? What, what, where y'all been? What's going on? And he looks at his family. And he says, what's going on in my house? And what's going on in my home? And what's going on while I was sleeping? And what's going on when we weren't paying any attention? And Jacob is told and he sees his family. And Jacob's family's lost their morals. Jacob's family's lost their integrity. 
Jacob's family's lost their influence. And he says, you've troubled me. But worse than troubling him, you know what they'd done? They had troubled God. And God was the one that Jacob ought to have been worried about. But so many times in my life, if things ain't going good, it's going to make a preacher look bad. It's going to make me look bad. But when it comes down to it, it's God is the one that looks bad when we don't do what God's people ought to be doing. And he goes, what have you guys done? Well, we've killed all of them. They ought not treat our, do- our sister that way. So you've lied to them. You've stolen. I hear all the sheep. Who's these widows and orphans? It's a cry. That's, that's the widows and the, and the kids from Shechem. Isn't it amazing what the devil can do in a home? Isn't it amazing what the devil can do? Isn't it amazing how you can turn everything upside down just overnight? See, church, there's a lot, hey, there's a lot of, I could get a whole lot worse phone calls. I could have a lot of worse things happen to me than me dying and going to be with Jesus. Jacob's family needed a family revival. Often we come to church. Often we come to church. How you doing? I'm doing great. How's the wife? She's doing great. How's the kids? Oh, they're doing awesome. They ain't nothing wrong. Our, our, our life's perfect. Everything's going great. They ain't nothing wrong. And inside, you know what we are? We're tore all to pieces. We're carrying heavy burdens. And I'm going to tell you, church, it don't matter if you're a pastor, a deacon, a teacher, a pastor's wife, no matter who you are, there's things that goes on in our life and it troubles us and it burdens us. And how many times have I said, oh, I'm doing great and I ain't doing that great. Nobody knows what you've been through the night before. Nobody knows what's going on with your kid. Nobody knows what your grandchild's into. Nobody knows what's going on in your marriage. God's people, listen, when we got saved, there was a bullseye that got put on us. The devil hates a home, he hates a family, he hates a marriage, and he hates the church. And he hates me and you because you know what? I don't have to go to hell, right? Oh, if every church in our, if every family in our churches had a family revival, I wouldn't have to preach Sunday. No, I wouldn't. You see, Jacob's home needed a revival. I'm glad chapter 35 is in here, ain't you? (laughs) The devil's coming for our churches. But he can't go through the blood, right? 
The devil's come for you. There's a little girl up here. She's blessing my heart from over at North Hazelwood. I don't know what her name is. She's right over here. I don't know if y'all noticed it. She's sitting there. She's singing her heart out. I thought, boy, the devil wanted to wreck cat. He'd want to wreck mom and want to wreck daddy. But I'm going to tell you what, church, if we'll stay real, real close to the Lord, God will come through for us each and every time. And He'll take care of our youngins, our grand youngins. He'll save them. We'll all be in glory. And God will bless the church. God told me today, He said, there's somebody here. And nobody else would even know it, but they know it. That their marriage is a mess. That, 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 that husband, that, that husband's already, he may not even had any thought. He may not even be saying, not he said anything to his wife. He's been thinking. That wife, she's been thinking. You say, surely not in the house of God. Don't you fool yourself. You'll be the first one. Jacob goes, what am I going to do? He lived a real good life anyway, but God's mercy and grace has took care of Jacob, hadn't he? Jacob's family's in trouble. Families go through some hard times, don't they? But God has a solution. I want you to notice in chapter 35, verse 1, the first thing he says, Jacob ain't called out to God, but God in His love and mercy, and God in His love and grace, God says something, and He says it to Jacob. Jacob, listen, Jacob don't deserve God to do anything. Jacob's been asleep. Jacob's a deceiver. But God in His grace and mercy says, I promised His Papa, I promised His Daddy, and I promised that I would send him a sign through this man named Jacob. And though he may turn his back, and though his family may do something else, he says, I will keep my word. And God comes to Jacob. Oh, I thank God. I thank God that grace and mercy found me. I was 1976. I was nine years old when I got saved. I lived for the Lord a little while, then I went off and did my own thing. And got all messed up, and the world beat me up, scarred me up, cut me up. It done everything to me. But I thank God at Georgetown Baptist Church, at about the age of about 22, God said, you know what? You can come on back if you want to. I didn't need to get saved again. I needed a revival that would change my life and change my heart. And I'm going to tell you what He did. He cleaned me up. He put me up. I tell you, He put me back on the potter's wheel. Started making me. And still, you know what? Then He said, you know what? I'm going to call you to preach. And you know what? I preach tonight. Not because I'm good, but because God's good. God's grace is good. God's mercy is good. And He don't give up on us. He didn't give up on Jacob. And I'm here to tell you tonight, if your family's in that way, He won't give up on your family either. Unless, unless you've been saved, you can't be revived. 
You ain't been saved. If you're lost tonight, you can't have revival. But if you're lost, if you're saved tonight, you can have revival. And God will take you back just like you are. He'll take you back no matter what you've done. And if you're lost tonight, He'll save you just as you are. You say, well, I've got to get cleaned up. You get saved tonight, God will clean you up. He'll clean you up. He'll make you into Say, well, I don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've done either. But I'll tell you this. God is a God who loves sinners. And whoever calls upon Him shall be saved. That's what the Word of God says. Jacob didn't deserve nothing. He's sitting there thinking, oh, I'm going to die. I'm in trouble. I, 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 I. And then God says, Jacob, I got you a solution for your family revival. I'm going to tell you what, it's divinely initiated. God said it. Here's what He told him. Go to Bethel. Jacob, you remember Bethel? You remember where I met with you? You remember when you started talking? You remember you built that altar? You remember where he is at? You remember you get your family. And he says, You get back to Bethel. You go to the house of God. That's what it means, right? He said, you go to the house of God and you get your family and you get back to where you started from. You get right back where it started. Do it right this time. But this time, bring your family with you. Bring your family with you. Go back to where you were. 22 years old. I had to go back to where I was. You may, yeah, you may, you may have never had any problems. You never, your family, your family may be perfect. <laughs> you may want everybody to think your family's perfect. You may not want nobody to know the burden that's on your heart right now. You may not know. You said, "Hey, no way! I don't want nobody to know what I am." There's a God in heaven that's telling you, "You can come back to Bethel, and God can start a family revival in your family." I believe He can do that. I believe when we get willing and we get out and we get to a place where we look around and say, my goodness, we've got a mess right here. You know what? There's a God in heaven saying, I know you've had a mess a long time. Come back to me. Come back to Bethel. And I'll straighten it all out. Come back to Bethel. Arise. Come back to Bethel. And when you get back to Bethel, the house of God, get yourself to the altar. The greatest place in the world are altars, whether they're at your house, whether it's your church, whether it's in your basement, whether it's in your truck, wherever it is, an altar is a great place to be. But let me show you this right here in chapter 35, verse 2. It says, Then Jacob said unto his household, and all that were with him, put away the strange gods that are among you and be clean and change your garments. It was parentally directed. There's times now that the, that the young lady or the young men have to lead the home spiritually. 
There's a lot of times, guess what? Mama's the spiritual head of the house. Is that not right? God said, Jacob. I tell you what he said? Jacob knew where Bethel was. Jacob knew where to, he knew how to get back to what he had left. And the parents, men and women, but men, God calls us to pray over our kids, pray over our wives. To love them is why Christ loved the church. Ain't that right? We can't do that, but what God told us to try. See, Jacob, Jacob, he, he was the one God spoke to. And if Jacob would start coming, guess what? If Jacob got right with God, I believed that, that Rachel and Leah was going to get right with God. And I felt like the kids would get right with God. And I felt like, I felt like, and see, he got him going. Jacob knew he had failed. He had known, he had allowed all, and you know what he was? What did he tell him to do? God said, you got to get rid of all them idols. Where were the idols at? In Jacob's house. Right? In Jacob's house. <laughs> it was Jacob, wasn't it? Do you know what Jacob does? Jacob says, we're going back to Bethel. And he said, I ain't going back this time. I'm going to bring my wife. I'm going to bring my kids. I'm going to bring everybody with me to the house of God. And we're going to go to the altar. And I'm going to build it. Leah, go get Dinah. Simeon, Levi, change your clothes. Get those bloody garments off. We're going to put some new clothes on you. Clean out your rooms. <laughs> and it was thoroughly pursued. It says that he stood there at an oak in Shechem, near Shechem. It says that Jacob stood there. And as he stood there, said that. One by one, they started walking toward him. They started giving their idols. I thought about what that, what that would look like today. What, what, what would it look like today if all of God's people that had tore up all their homes started saying, you know what, Jacob had to do it first. And it says the Word of God says what? It says that he, that he buried him. Said he, said he dug a hole and he buried him at a tree, an oak. Daddies, I'm just trying to do what God told me to do tonight. You got something you need to bury?
You got, you got something you got to, you, need, you got something you need to clean out. You need something you need to clear out. You, you got something you got to be careful about what you're seeing on your uh, phone. They're getting quiet. We all, hey, we're all susceptible to all kinds of stuff this world's got to offer. Ain't none of us, ain't none of us can handle things. If your head's made out of butter, don't sit near the stove, right? Something you need to throw out of that refrigerator? Right? Something you're tired of hiding from everybody else? You're tired of having to go, somebody's coming down the hall with these little feet and you're going... You know what I'm talking about. Mom's trying to hide something. Young, young man, young woman, is there something you need to bring? You say, why are you pray? Why are you so? I'm not. I was. I was born and raised in a home. I never, I'd never seen one ounce of alcohol in my, in my home. I was in church three times a week. Grandfather pastored 55 years. That's all I knew. And then when I went off to college, I got so messed up with the wrong crowd. Tried everything this world had to offer. But all I want to tell you something. God's grace and God's mercy trumps everything that this world has. And no matter what you've went through, no matter what you're into, if you'll throw them in the hole. Get rid of it. Whatever's causing you to have problems at home, Get rid of it. Whatever's causing you problems in your marriage, get rid of it. Whatever's happening with you, young man, young girl, get rid of it. Oh, boy. Because I'm going to tell you what, there's another tree. 2,000 years ago, there's a tree. And the Holy Son of God nailed he was nailed on that tree. They crucified Him on that tree. He shed all His blood on that tree. He come off that tree. But I'm going to tell you what, church, today you can bring your sin, your shame, you can bring it to that tree. He'll put it in the sea of forgetfulness and it'll never be brought up before you again. And He will save you if you're lost. He'll bring you back if you're not. And He can straighten up your home, your marriage, your kids, your grandkids. He can save your son, your wife, your daughter. You say, I don't believe that. I'm telling you, you know what he does with Jacob? He meets with him about what, verse 6 or 7? And he says, I want to tell you. What I told you I was going to give you, I'm going to give you. You'll be called Israel. And God forgave. And guess what? He thought he was going to get slaughtered by the enemy. Said that the enemy ran from Jacob. 
Why? Because God got in between him when he and his family got right with God. I'll tell you something else that happens. Just thought of this. He brings them all in and one by one they come. And they say, here, here, Daddy. I want to be like you. I, I want to be like you, Mom. And you say, well, Jacob made a lot of mistakes, but I'm going to tell you, there's one little fella right there that was watching him. And his name was Joseph. And I believe when he got in that prison years ago, he thought about the time at Daddy. He said, we're going to have a family revival, boys. You know what? Because maybe of what Jacob did, Joseph decided when Potiphar's wife come after him, he said, no, no, no. I'm out of here. You know why? Because he finally saw a daddy that would do what daddy wanted to do. And he said, I want to be like the daddy that I saw at the end of his life and not what I saw at the beginning. So what are you hiding? <laughs> How's your marriage? Hey, there's, there's a lot of people here. I don't have no idea who you are. I don't know if you're married or not. It's a simple message. And I'm just going to ask a simple question. Does your family, does your family need a family revival? Does your family need a family revival? I want you to realize something. As far as I know, that's the first revival that's ever recorded in God's Word. And it wasn't at a church. It was in a family. And when God moves in God's people and the families of God get right with God, then the church will get right with God and healthy flocks and healthy sheep will see healthy lambs be born. Now here's on the other side. You say, that's what I want to do. I want to have a family revival. I want to revival myself. Here's the thing you've got to understand. If you've never been saved, you can't have revival. You can be saved and God will save you. But if you ain't never been saved, how can you ever be revived? They may be saying, I'm trying to live right. I'm trying to do right. I'm trying to be the man I am. But you know what? If the Holy Ghost ain't never saved you and you've never been redeemed through the blood of Jesus Christ, you can try all you want to. But you can't, be, you can't have revival unless you've been saved. What do you need tonight?
There's a tree. There's a tree. And there's a sea of forgetfulness that can be hid and put away for eternity. Are you tired of this floundering around? Are you trying to say everything's great? But you know it ain't. If you're lost tonight, never been saved, come to the cross of Calvary and He'll save you. Would you stand to your feet, please? If you would, just every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm going to turn over to Brother Keith in just a minute. No one looking around? Do you need a family revival? No one looking around. Is there any daddies out there to raise your hand and say, I sure could use a revival? I'm cold as could be. Could you raise your hand? I see these hands. I see these hands. Daddy, is there something you need to put away? What about you, Mama? Is there any, is there any women here tonight say, I sure could use a revival in my home? Would you raise your hand? I see those hands. Is there any young people here today, you just know, you know exactly what I was talking about, and it's time for you to have that revival. You've been saved, but you're not living for the Lord. You know you've not, you know you've not living for the Lord. You know right now you ain't living for the Lord. Is there anybody that's in that situation raise your hand and say, I know that's me. I see that hand. I see hands. Is there a mamma and papa here say, oh, you might not be able to come down here to get in this altar, but you can sit down right you can. You can bring your family. You can bring your family. You say, my family needs help. Are you willing to pay that price?